Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. I want you to open your Bibles up to Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah 41. COVID-19 is a big word that we hear and we see, and we see that bowl with the, all the red, you know, things on every single uh, icon and logo and these things, and it's a very real thing, and it's something that is very present in our world today. Uh, here in Shelby County, or here in Tennessee, there's, uh, the last report I saw, there's 371 cases of coronavirus. Uh, and there's 40 that are here in Shelby County. I know that in other places in California and Washington and New York, it's higher than that. But here, there's already 371 cases and 40 in Shelby County. Health professionals have predicted that this particular week here in Memphis, this particular week, and I'm sure beyond, is going to be a tough one for a lot of people. And so what I want to share today, uh, it, it's very relevant. And it's very important, and this goes for every adult, every youth, even kids. Thank you, kids, for joining us and being here uh, today. But, you know, there's 6 million, 6.8 million people in the state of Tennessee, and there's 186 hospitals, and there's about 25,000 uh, hospital beds that are here in the state of Tennessee. One report said that if there was a conservative ratio of 7.4% of people getting the coronavirus, that it would be about 500,000 people in the state of Tennessee, which is a 20 to 1 ratio of hospital beds. That's why they say social distancing, and they're asking, uh, the government's asking if we would separate and not do that, which we didn't do on that baby dedication. And so, but we are doing that. We didn't walk in and give big hugs, which is so foreign to believers who are family. I'm a hugger. You, if you know me, you know that. And, uh, but we are uh, paying attention to social distancing. And the reason why is because we don't want this virus to spread. Like I said, just here in, in the state of Tennessee, there's about a 20 to 1 ratio of hospital beds to who they say could very well catch this virus. About 70,000 of them would be over 60 years old. And so there are the, the older adults and also the vulnerable that we're paying attention to. Patients may outspace uh, the beds. There's 655,000 people here in the city of Memphis, and they say that there could be, it right here in our city, which is a close city, that there could be about 50,000 cases that this goes up to. And um, Memphis infected could be twice the available beds, really, if what they say just with this 7.4 ratio it could be twice the amount of beds that are even available in the whole state of Tennessee. All that to say, what do we do with that information? Do we freak out about it? Do we get scared? Do we have anxiety? Because we all know that, first of all, God doesn't want us to fear. He doesn't want us to stress. It says in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. What does he want us to do? And that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, also, you know this week that President Trump, I'm not going to go on with too much of this, but President Trump declared national emergency our governor, Governor Bill Lee, uh, declared a state of emergency. Our mayor, Mayor Jim Strickland, on Friday declared the state of civil emergency, which means all of the restaurants are closed down. Uh, 
except for uh, takeouts. Malls are closed down, sports is closed down, concerts are closed down, bars are closed down, everything around is closed down, social distancing six feet away. There's no assembly meeting that's allowed uh, with groups of over 10 people. And grocery stores, when you walk into, I mean, grocery stores, their shelves are empty, and uh, there's sometimes you don't know whether to laugh, you know, and, and what I mean is you see memes that are out there and there's funny things that are out there because you don't know whether to laugh or to cry or to stress or to yell or to scream, but however, it does come out in emotions and all kinds of things. Last week, we talked about in our message, we will not fear. The three points on we will not fear was number one, we walk by faith. Number two, that we walk in love. Number three is that we shine bright and we don't hide away. This is God's time to shine. This isn't time where God goes into hiding or we go into hiding as believers and as the family of God. No, this is a time where, where we're not of this world, we're in this world. We're joined to God, we're with the Lord, and so we really do approach things a lot different. There are some funny things that come out of it, not only some of the memes, but I remember uh, seeing this interview this week of this little girl that was washing her hands, and they said, how long do you wash your hands? She said, I wa- my mommy told me, wash my hands and count to a 1,000. <laughs> and I thought, mommy needs a break. <laughs> but that's a good idea. I know some of you said, hey, that's wisdom right there. But uh, uh, my Tiffany said that she was in the store the other day and she saw this older lady who was, uh, had her shopping cart. Her shopping cart was filled with chocolates and with wine. And somebody said, chocolates and wine? She said, I'm going to hunker down. I'm just <laughs> and so sometimes, you know, there's a lot of laughter and a lot of emotions that go on during this time. But can I just encourage you, enjoy the journey. You're going to get through it on the other side. Love people. That's just the basics of it. But what are we doing as a church? Well, one thing is we've been in prayer. And two, the Bible says, by wise counsel, wage your war, and in the multitude of counsel, counselors, there's safety. So we did put together a team, and this team has been meeting together uh, via Zoom every single day and talking about how we as the church can respond to this and can continue to be the church. And thank God for the team who've, who's made an investment, all of them volunteers and Uh, different workplaces. Some are are on our ministry team. Others are businessmen here. But thank you for making that investment. But let me tell you, here's what we're going to do as a church. There's three things. One is we're going to stay connected. We're going to stay online. Uh, Thank you to Jason and Pia, Nate and Niara, all of our ministry team who's helping us with that. Jocelyn, uh, Jonathan, so many of our ministry team. But here's what we are going to do. Every single day we're going to be online. We're actually adding a Saturday night service. So we're going to have service next Saturday at 5 o'clock and then on Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 at our normal times. Also on Tuesday, we're going to have prayer at 7 o'clock as we normally do. But then we're going to move our Tuesday midday over to Thursday. Uh, We have a schedule. You don't have to remember all this. And then Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 o'clock, I'm going to, along with Tiffany or along with some of our other team, I'm going to go online at 7 o'clock every morning and lead you in some worship. And we'll have worship, we'll have the word, we'll have a prayer time all together every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So seven days a week, we're going to stay connected. We may even be more connected because of this. Make sure to tune in online, check our website, check Facebook, join that Facebook community, and we'll make sure to keep you up to date on that. You know, in the book of Acts, it says that they continued steadfastly 
They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to continue steadfastly in those things. So starting today, tomorrow morning, we're having 7 o'clock. We're meeting together. If you can get online at 7 o'clock, please join us. And let's, let's connect every day. It is scriptural. Another thing we're doing is we've been talking about as a church that we're going to 24-7 prayer. And I keep saying, at some point, we're getting our prayer room ready. We're getting things ready. And we're going to be, at some point, going to 24-7 prayer. Well, as I was praying this week about things that were going on, I just heard the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside, not an audible voice, but on the inside said, now's the time to go to 24-7 prayer. So as of tomorrow morning, we're starting 24-7 prayer at Memphis Tabernacle. Uh, I'm just announcing it right now. There are 168 hours in a week, and so we're opening it up by the hour for you to sign up online. You can go to that Facebook community if you want to sign up for an hour and grab onto an hour. We're going to give you prayer points and things that you can pray. If you say, I don't know how to pray, we will teach you how to pray through the word of God. And so uh, join with us on that. You, You might say, what can I do as a church family when we're all separated? The number one thing you can do is let's pray together. So let's fill, I believe that we're going to fill up that 168 hours of prayer, which is 24 seven prayer. I believe we're going to fill it up pretty quickly. And so be a part of that. Number two is our care and community. Let's be the church. Let's not just come to church. Let's be the church. And I think not coming to church, uh, even we have to lean in more to be the church because we realize nothing changes with inside of us. It's just location does change us. Thanks to Cliff and Denise, some of our ministry team, John and Debbie, for being a part of our, all of our pastors Uh, But what we did is we've already reached out to those who are 60 and older here, and we've called every single one of them uh, to make sure they're okay. Do they need grocery shopping? What can we do? Those who are vulnerable, those who are hurting, that's what our heart is. We want to take care of of our brothers and sisters and make sure. So we've already reached out to them. In fact, uh, one lady, I thought this was funny, she contacted me and she said, Pastor, I appreciated the phone call, but it was about a minute into it when I realized you're calling me because I'm old. <laughs> and I said, no, it's, and I said, well, maybe it is, but, uh, but we're really calling you because we love you. And so if you get a call and you're over 60, maybe it is because you're over 60, but what we are going to do, we're going to be calling everybody in our church family. And so please fill out one of those connect cards, connect with us. We want to make sure that we're staying in contact with you. We also have, and we've already set this up behind the scenes, but we'll be telling you more about it. We've split up our church into five different cities. In the book of Titus chapter 1 verse 5, it says, appoint elders in every city. So we have five city elders who are really city pastors. And we've already set up this system literally just a few months ago. I believe this was the wisdom of the Lord for us to do this ahead of time so that we already have a pastoral care system in place. But uh, Memphis proper uh, over that city is John and Debbie Booker. Over Bartlett and Cordoba is Tim and Gail Scott. Uh, Lakeland, Arlington, Millington is Cliff and Denise Roberts. And uh, Germantown, Collierville, East Memphis is Mark and Lauren Phipps. And then Olive Branch, South Haven, Mississippi, that area is all uh, Jason and Pia 
Reynolds. These are your pastors over your area. The Bible says better is a, a neighbor nearby than a brother far away. I have two brothers, but one of them lives on this side of the country, and one of them lives on this side of the country. And I'll tell you, if I have a need, though I would call my brothers, I'd call people that are close to me. Why? Because we have pastors and leaders that are close to you, and we just want you to know you're not all alone. We love you. You can always send a prayer request. We'll reach right back to you. You can give us a call. We'll pray with you. We love you. We are here for you. We are family. I got all my sisters and me. Okay, we are all together in this, and so let's stay close. Um, your city elders, we are going to be uh, putting together uh, some small groups. Get in one. As we open them up, jump into one. Well, I don't like small groups. Just get in one. I mean, try a few until you find some people that you like. And, uh, and I'm telling you, God is calling us to come together in small groups and grow together to love one another and to learn from one another. We also have a prayer line. We also have an email uh, line that you can, there'll be some links to it that you can uh, reach out to us and we'll respond back to you. And then number three, we're loving our city. It's not just about taking care of ourselves and taking care of our church family, but we want to take care of our city. How can we as a brand new church, a year and a half, do an outreach program? I have no idea, but what I do know is that Jesus said, what do we have? And he grabbed onto the boy with a lunch uh, of just some loaves and fishes, and he fed 5,000. He fed about 20,000 people, including kids and children with it because of the power of God. We're not going to limit God because of the size of our church. We have... 250 people or so that come on a Sunday. We probably have over 300 people that are part of our church right now. But I'll tell you, can we minister to this city? We can minister to this city along with a lot of other ministries and churches. And so uh, Mark and Lauren Phipps are a part of this with our team ministry. They're, they're heading this up along with some others in our congregation. But we're going to be doing some outreach teams, food dis distribution and such. And let's believe together that the church is not going to go under and hide it under a bushel. That the church is going to shine. And God's going to do amazing things through this time to love our city. We're not ignoring the crisis. We're not ignoring the problem. But we're not responding like everybody else. We're responding the way the Lord wants us to. Why? Because, again, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We've been sent into this world to be lights, to shine, and salt, to be salt in this world. And so that's who we are. Join our Facebook community. We'll keep you updated. But what I want to talk with you about for a few minutes is how do I, how do you individually deal with this? And it's how do I face adversity? How do I face adversity? This is something that's real. What is adversity? It's hard times. How do I face the, all this stuff that's going on? I had one person contact me this week. Actually, a couple people contact me this week and say, I, you know, I've been so stressed out and I don't know what it is, but I, when I went to go pray about it, the Lord is like, all you're doing is you have the news on and you have reports on and you have internet and you're researching and you think that the answer is finding out more information. Now, we do need to stay informed. But can I tell you, we don't only need the facts and the information of the world. We need to know what God says about adversity in our lives. And so I want to talk to you about how to face adversity. And I have two points today. I think you're supposed to have three points. But hey, everything's different today. I have two points, okay? The first point is this, that God has a part to play. It's important that we know and remember that God has a part to play when it comes to adversity in our lives. Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10 says this. I asked you to turn there, but uh, you can look, I guess, on these screens because we don't have wired screens yet. But it says here, fear not, 
for I am, in fact, read it with me, would you? Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I like that. Yes, you're, if you doubt it. God, are you here for me? Yes. <laughs> he kind of answers it before we ask it, right? Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I want you to notice what God said he'd do for you here. He, first of all, he says, you don't fear. And here's the reason why you shouldn't fear. Because I'm with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you. Let me say it again over your life personally if you're wondering how God is gonna respond in this situation. He doesn't want you to fear. Why? Because he's with you. If you knew that God was sitting right there on the couch with you or right at your table with you and he says, I'm gonna walk you through this situation, wouldn't you feel a whole lot better? Well, sometimes we don't feel better because we don't really know or are actively aware that he's with us. He says, I'm with you. I will strengthen you. In other words, I'm so weak. We understand, but when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Why? Because I will strengthen you. He says, I will help you. I don't know what to do. I don't even know who to call. God said, I will help you. And he said, and I will uphold you. I'm going underneath. I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. My job just laid me off. My job just cut my hours. What do I do? I will uphold you. So what does God say? He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to withhold you. You know, in every scripture that we pray and God comes through, in every scripture, you really see two parts. And this is what I want to talk to you about. It's the two parts. You see what God will do, and you see what God is asking you to do. See, uh, what, God, what God is going to do, he has a part to play, and you have a part to play. Some people, in fact, I would say the majority of people will get into the ditch on either side with these types of things. On one side, they'll say, well, God helps those who help themselves. I'm just going to dig in, find the information, and I'm going to work it all out. I'm going to fix this for my family. I'm going to fix this for those people around. I'm going to make this whole thing happen. God helps those who help themselves. I'm just going to make it happen and leave the rest to God. So you're saying you're going to take charge, and when you run out of ideas, then you're going to leave the little bit rest to the Lord. I suggest that's probably not the way to do it, okay? And then the other side would say, well, all I need to do is pray and turn it over to God, and I'm just going to sit back on my couch and let him do it. Well, I'm going to ignore the situation. I'm going to bury my head in the sand. That's not the way to do it either. In every scripture that you see about God coming through, there's a part that God plays and there's a part that you play. So God has a part. And then my point number two is this. You have a part to play. God has a part to play and you have a part to play. Remember, he has a part to play. You have a part to play. It's both things. Now, look at that scripture in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. What is our part? Our part is don't fear. Well, we think, well, okay, it's really about God's part. No, our part to play in adversity in this scripture is, look at it. Do not fear. Fear not. That's our part. Uh, don't fear and be not dismayed. What is dismayed? It means you're not resilient anymore. You're stressed out. You're taking on the burden. See, our part to play 
in adversity is don't be stressed out. Don't take on the burden. Keep a smile on your face. Keep a smile in your heart. Keep trusting in the Lord. That is our part to play. And it really is part of the solution to what God has in our lives. Why do we want God to do his part, but we don't do our part? See, God has a part to play. We have a part to play. I also want to show you, and you can see it in in every scripture, in Joshua, the book of Joshua chapter 1, Joshua was the person who was the apprentice, so to speak, of Moses. Moses had just delivered Israel from the Egyptians, and Egypt who had Pharaoh, who wasn't just a president or a leader of a country. He was like God to Egypt. So here, Moses obeys God and steps in, and he frees all of these people from the hands of the Egyptians. And he makes these promises. He says, listen, children of Israel, God has promised us to go to a better land, not just to be delivered from sin and, and, and the oppression and, and, and all the things that they were under with the hand of the Egyptians, but God's going to deliver us into our promised land. And what happens? They're in the middle of these two. They're in the middle of being free from and being free to, and Moses dies. And then here his apprentice, Joshua, you know, people are looking at him like, well, what the heck's he going to do? You know, I mean, Moses, the guy we trust, the guy who we've seen all these miracles through, he died and the promise didn't even happen. What is he going to do? And you could imagine the stress, the distress, the adversity that, that he had to face, that Joshua had to face. For decades, they watched Moses. There's one phrase, though, that I want to tell you about, and I know you know that seven times God says this phrase, and uh, he says it between Deuteronomy 31, he says it three times, and Joshua, he says it four times. So he says it seven times, this phrase, and when God repeats something, it's kind of like when you repeat something. He really means it, and here's what the phrase is. It's be strong and of good courage. Can we say it together? Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and of good courage. See, that's our part to play. We need to know in adversity what's God's part and what's our part. Our part is be strong and of good courage. In Joshua 1.3, it says, every place that the sole of your foot has tread upon, I have given you. Notice, you have to walk it. You have to walk it out, but I'll give it to you. I've already given it to you. In Joshua 1.5, I'm just gonna read some select verses. Joshua 1.5. It says this, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, what did God say he would do? I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Look in verse 7. It says, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do. Notice this. Only be strong so that you can observe. What does observe mean? It means to see. If you can't be strong and courageous, you won't be able to see God's part. If you can't be strong and courageous and you hide yourself under a pillow and you say, I just don't know what to do. God, help me. No, listen, be strong that you may see what God is doing. If you're not strong, you can't even see what to do and what God's doing. Look at it again in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may see. 
that you may observe to do according to all the law that my Moses commanded you. He says, don't turn from it to the right or to the left. In other words, don't come up with your own plans. Don't uh, Google it. Uh, he, was, he was telling Joshua, don't Google it and try to see what you should do. It, there's nothing wrong with information that's out there. There's a lot of great information out there. We understand. But he's saying, make sure to turn to me first. Make sure to turn to me first. He says, don't turn from to the right hand or to the left. Don't turn to what mama thinks. Don't turn to what, well, when I went through this back in this, don't turn to those things. Turn to the Lord. Why? Because he's been through every circumstance, problem, adversity, trial already, and he's brought people through it. Those who turn to him. And then in Joshua 1.8 it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Notice, not, I'm not talking about your heart or play it in the room so that we can have the word of God playing. No, not depart from your mouth, from your lips, from your words. Shall not depart from your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 18, only be strong and of good courage. He said it four times right here in this chapter. So what is God's part in all of this? Well, God's part is in verse 3, it's to give them the land. They have to walk it, but he'll give them. In verse 5, his part is to be with them no matter what. He said, I promise I won't leave you, and I promise I won't forsake you. But what is Joshua's part? Let me tell you the four things that were Joshua's part real quick. Uh, Joshua's part is number one, be strong and of good courage so that you can see what to do. If you're underneath, if you're not pulling yourself up, sometimes you just have to encourage yourself like David did in the Bible when everyone was against him. You have to pull yourself up so that you can see things differently. You have to be strong and of good courage. Number two, don't let the word of God depart from your mouth. I know you can speak all kinds of other things, but if it's not the word of God, it's not what God told us to, to speak. We can say the fact in the situation, but we have to come back and say, but the word says, but God says, but God's will says. We have to keep God's word on our mouths in order to see God work in our lives. Well, God will just work whether he wants to or not. That's not true. That's not true. If he did, he'd make every single person get saved. But he doesn't. God, God gives us. He gives us the, the openness to be able, the right to be able to invite him into our situation. So what do we do? How do we do that? We keep the word of God. Number one, be strong and of good courage. Number two, don't let the word of God depart from your lips. Listen, uh, we have to keep the word of God. And he, notice he says, don't let the word of God depart from your mouth that you may observe. When you're speaking the word, it opens your spiritual eyes. When you're speaking the word, it opens your heart to see what to do. Uh, there's so many times I'm not sure what to do about a, a situation or a circumstance, and I'll just open up to my daily reading, and right in the middle of reading, maybe it's, it's not even what I was reading that day, right in the middle of the reading, I have like a, a, a light that comes on, and I know what to do, or I have some things, and I have to stop and just put, write those things down, because the Bible says that in your light... We see light in Psalm 36, verse 9. In your light, we see light. It's important to keep the word of God in our heart and on our mouth. Listen, in times of adversity, it's not the time to pause on your prayer life. 
It's not the time to pause on your daily reading. It's not the time to pause on meditating on the word of God. You actually press more into those things. Why? Because God can do more for you than you can do for yourself with that extra time. I promise you. So we need to keep the word of God. Number three, we need to walk it out. He said every place that your feet tread upon, I've already given you, but you have to walk it out. And then number four, don't be afraid or dismayed. The four things, don't be afraid, dismay. And then he says in verse eight, he says, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. When? When is the then? The then is when you did something, not when you're waiting on God to do something. See, I think a lot of times we're waiting on God to do something. We pray and we're going, I'm just waiting on the Lord. And I could imagine that if you listen to God's conversation, he's saying, I'm just waiting on you. Because he says, then you will make your way prosperous. When? When you keep the word of God in your mouth so that you can observe to do. And then you'll have good success. So in this particular verse, who decides whether Joshua prospers or not? Joshua. So many times we want to not obey our part and then we want to blame God because it doesn't come through. Because we don't see the results. We want to say, well, God, I prayed about it and I gave it over to you and you just didn't answer my prayer. No, that's part of it. That's God's part. But then there's our part. What is our part? Don't worry. Don't fear. Don't be dismayed. Keep the word of God in your heart. Listen to what God's saying. Walk out those things. This is life. This is important. For then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you'll have good success. Oftentimes we don't do our part and then we blame God. Because prayers weren't answered. Remember, God has a part to play. You have a part to play. Let me wrap it up by saying this. Number one, trust in God to help you. Trust that God's working for you. He's helping you. Whatever you're facing, he's right there with you. That's how to face adversity. Don't be afraid or dismayed. Number two, be strong and of good courage. Get off the couch. Get out of your funk. Get out of your depression. Get out of your discouragement. Don't act like you don't have a good father. <laughs> don't act like you don't have a good God who's right there with you and loves you and is helping you. And, and actually, not just being strong, but being tender. And he's there for you. And he wants to bring you peace and love you. Keep God's word. And number two is keep, be strong and of good courage so that you can see. Number three, keep God's word in your mouth. Make sure that you hold on to the scriptures. Make sure that you're speaking the word of God all day long, every day, all day long, all day long. If you were to take the percentage of your words that you speak in a day and say, what percentage of those words is the word of God? And if it's point something percent, it's very low. A good percentage of our words, we need to be speaking the word of God out of our mouths. It's very important. And then number four, that you may observe, he says, but number four is, uh, is do what he says to do. When he prompts you to do something, step up and do it. And then number five is this. Listen, number five is continuing daily. Continue daily to connect with not only God, but with other believers. Why? Because in the book of Acts 2.42, it says that they continued steadfastly. In other words, they, they were intentional about it. Be steadfast to connect with other believers. Sometimes we want to isolate ourselves. Sometimes if you're an, an introvert, you just say, well, I'm just going to work this out. That's just the way I am. No, we're all part of the body of Christ. Work out of your shell. Get out of your shell. Connect with one another. Hebrews chapter 
10 verse 25 says, don't neglect meeting together, connecting. Well, I can't meet. I'm supposed to stay away. No, we can meet just like we're meeting right now. You can meet by calling that relative that you haven't called in a long time. Call them up. Text them. Love them. Love that person at church who you haven't talked to for a while. Maybe you think they're they're mad at you or something. I mean, get a hold of one another. Love one another. Continue daily with those other believers. And last of all, let me just give you a, 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 from a pastor's heart, let me give you my heart of encouragement today as I was praying for you. Um, Let's love one another. And what I mean by one another is not just the church and the body of Christ. Love your families. Love your friends. Love your neighbors. When you see needs, when you see things that come up, you're not responsible for everything, but when they come into your path, do your best to meet the need. Come in and try to, even if you don't feel like you have everything to meet the need, maybe they have a $100 need and you have five bucks in your pocket. You have five bucks in your pocket. Do something that you can meet the need and help others around you. Be patient with those you live with. Be patient with those you work with. Why? Everyone's going through some stuff right now. There's unsettling that's going on right now. Give them some extra margin. Let them have room to make mistakes. If they fly off the handle and are stressed, if your kids fly off the handle and they start getting stressed about something, let it go. Let it go. Don't hold it back, Annie. No, no, let it go. Give them some margin. Give them some extra grace, just like the Lord does with us. Why? Because God is patient and he wants us to be loving and patient with one another. Um, When you send those texts, add some extra emojis to it. (laughs) Add some extra emotions and love and care to those things. Why? Because we're going through a time where a lot of people are on edge. They don't have a lot of margin in their lives right now. Let's be the body of Christ. Let's love one another. So I wanted to ask you to do this. Would you just bow your heads right where you are? Let's ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Through this today, how do you want me to? If if I've been in fear, I give you fear right now. I, I I walk away from fear, I reject fear, I repent of fear right now. And God, I put my trust in you. Would you tell him, Lord, I put my trust in you. (laughs) Lord, I put my trust in your word. Maybe you haven't been meditating on the word very much. You've been looking at everything else all the time. Say, God, I want to put your word in my heart. Maybe you haven't been praying. You've set that aside a little bit. Say, God, I pay attention to you and I hear what you're saying this morning. Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray. I'm going to not be afraid. I'm going to keep the word of God in my heart. I'm going to gather with other believers. I'm going to give grace to other people. If you don't know Jesus in your life, it's the most important decision that you could ever make. Would you just bow your heads and say this? Open your heart to his love right now. Say, Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come into my life. I call you my Lord and my Savior. Take away all of my sins. From this day forward, I call myself a believer today. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.